Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Interact and follow the show on Twitter at InThisLeaguePod. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. What's up, friendos? Welcome in. This is the In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am the Welsh. That over there is Bogman Sports. Hey, hey. It's Scott Bogman. It's Chris Welsh. We are in this league. And baseball is gone. (laughs) See ya. Bye-bye. Get to the back of the line. No more baseball for you. Hey, remember that little week? Remember, remember that Sunday you just had? Let me take you back here for a minute. Let's all let's set the mood here. You know, crack a beer. Remember that Sunday? You, you baseball fan who hates football, you know you, the one that mutes football and all the people that talk about football. You only live baseball. And then this past Sunday, all those signings happened and you got on Twitter and you said, man, you know what I love? I love that baseball on this Sunday is overtaking football. Isn't it so great? And you're like, ooh, and you high-fived yourself. You went, look at this. Uh. And then you, you tweeted about all the signings. You said, you know, let me tell you my take on Corey Seager. All those signings happened. All that excitement happened. Baseball was coming together. Guys were signing contracts. And fuck you. It's gone. <laughs> no more baseball. The owners. The good thing is, though. Owners and the Players Association, Bogman, spent seven minutes. Seven minutes on December 1st talking. And they seven said. Seven minutes in heaven, bro. That's how it starts. A lot can happen in seven minutes, but not in the baseball world. Someone can get pregnant in seven minutes. So, <laughs> Absolutely. You know. Well, guess what? We're not. Hopefully, we're going to have a brand new baseball baby in nine months. There's I'm no hoping. guarantees. There's no Hopefully, it's guarantees. in three months. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, we all knew this was happening. I, I, you know, you try to hold out hope. I was holding out just a little bit of hope. Like, yeah. we knew probably going to get nasty and it's probably going to be bad yeah but i mean come on man you got to have hope right so uh come on star wars taught us rebellions are built on hope so yeah okay i suppose but it is one of those things it's actually a really incredible magic act that just happened where all of the baseball community just completely forgot what was happening and just embraced what was going on because i you know i had said it i've done a couple podcast hits in some different places and i really I really just didn't think we were going to see a mass, mass exodus of signings. I I really thought majority of the big guys were going to hold out, which also was going to affect a decent amount of the little guys. And we were going to go into a lockout with a ton of answered unanswered questions. 
the exact opposite happen, which again, really jumps out to me that the players association must really know something that they have said to the players. I feel like they know they're going to take it on the chin when push comes to shove because of these signings, but also at the same time, Hey, Guys want to get paid. Free agents want to get paid. They don't want to screw around. A lot of players are building in opt-out clauses and stuff like that so they can get back into the market. But more players signed, I think, than any of us truly expected before the lockout. Not all of them, but so much did that it put blinders on us all for baseball. Gave us this false sense of hope of all of this amazingness because our teams were being constructed. We were having all of this amazing stuff. And then... Thanos, gone. <laughs> Baseball, gone. I mean, we are recording, actually, with like an hour to go. Uh, there yeah. could be another signing. 15 maybe, more signings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, Dewey Cox, like, I need a thousand didgeridoos, an army of didgeridoos. Yeah, actually, like, a weird one just happened. Everything, so. It was uh, Nick Martinez just signed mm -hmm. a four-year deal for $20 million with the Padres, who last year he played with the uh, Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks How dare in Japan. You say that on this podcast. So. Fukuoka? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that means. So I'm pretty Fukuoka. sure I've seen a video of that and I barfed. So. Don't be a Fukuoka. Uh, but like Nick, the, Nick Martinez, this dude just got it. Uh, there's, there's a lot of craziness, but that is, that's what happened. But, but okay, but hold on. Do, does, do these signings at least give you some type of, more hope than you had for not a lockout into the season. Like the, what, <laughs> what the, you just turned you, I want to point out you just turned into the ladies, man. You're like, is the not happening? The not liking myth of locking the love. I don't know what you just said. I don't know what you just do. Said. The signings to you signal that there's a better possibility than was in your mind before the signing period. And all these guys sign that we will not lock out into the regular season and we'll get a normal start time. It changes nothing. If okay. anything, because I, I can spin it. I think I can spin it either way. I can spin it that the players association's like, hey, this could get long, dirty, and nasty. So you free agents, get your money because you can right. get your signing bonuses now. And then you can also paid. say, well, the teams are paying people, so they think there's going to be a season. So yeah, yeah, get paid. So I think you can spin it either way. Right. At the end of the day. Yeah, your outlook is probably right. I just I'm trying to find the positive. No, sure it's it is. It's not there. Yeah. Listen, I, I said this on uh, I said this on my show, Prospect One. I talked to Bobby Miller, who's a, one of the top pitching prospects with the Dodgers, day before the Arizona Fall League ended, and you know, uh, top end pitcher, been with the guys for a couple of years. He's probably you know, he's probably the number one pitcher in their system. You could argue because they're so talented across the board. Guys like Landon Knack and Clayton Beater and stuff, and. You know, I was like, hey, you know, how, how how did this go? And he's like, oh, it was great. You know, it was really good. Just working on some stuff. And I said, all right, well, what's the offseason plan? He's like, just going to get right at it. Going to be working out. And then I'll be back out here in January for throwing programs. And I said, what about the lockout? And he was like, ooh, forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's the, wow. that's the mindset of a lot yeah, of even really the players. really have not thought about it at all. No, so. even the play, but the, like, they're the unaffected, uh, you know, the, the, the lesser affected guys. And, and maybe I said this on this podcast, so apology if I just repeated myself, but at the end of the day, you know, like these guys are going to bear down and it might kill spring training. I think there is a likelihood that they get this done right before spring training. If it's going to get nasty, we're going to lose spring training. And if we lose spring training, 
I think that to me is going to be that warning sign of why all those guys signed. Yeah. Why you know, get that money because there is some big stuff they're fighting for. Big, big stuff across the board. Uh, there's manipulation of contracts at the lower levels. There's the high end money. There's the DH. There, there's a million different things these guys are working towards, and it's been quite a while since we've had a work stoppage, and we are officially in it now. But that does not mean we cannot not talk baseball. This is actually, we originally weren't going <laughs> to... There's the not, ladies, man. There's the ladies, so. <laughs> man. Yeah, we, we're not going to not talk baseball. We originally actually weren't going to do this episode, which we're about to do, which uh, in just a couple of minutes... We're going to talk about all the signings because so many happened. I mean, the reason we didn't do, we, we didn't even think about doing it is, like I said, I didn't think we would have this much impactful signing, this much money spent. We had $300 million spent on one player. <laughs> we had a team spend half a billion dollars. Like, we did not expect that. So what we are going to do for this, since this is the most prevalent thing, we're going to talk about the signing, some of the impact of some of those players also talk about the guys that are left out in limbo that they are going to be even more difficult with however long this truly lasts. Maybe we'll get an early Christmas present and this will be a couple weeks. Maybe it's going to get really nasty, but there's enough players that have homes. We're going to talk about that, talk about what's left on the board. And then that doesn't mean the podcast stopped just because baseball does, but ITL went through the pandemic when everything right. shut down, we did not stop. Hey, we played Oregon trail, man. You know. Yeah, we played Oregon Trail, but we, we will continue doing breakdowns because it's still off season, regardless yeah. of what's going on. It's off season stuff and brand new ranks coming up over on inthisleague.com. That is our Patreon. It is a brand new, beautiful month of December, last month of the year. So not only is it the uh, beginning of the month, it's the last month of the year. Both fantastic reasons to come and support your boys. Also, it is rank season. Top 500 prospect list update. Dynasty top 300, which is turning into the top 400. I always did top <laughs> 300. Bogman knows this because I feel when you get decently far enough into a dynasty draft, you can move to a redraft rank list or a prospect list right. based on who you are. What yep. base? Because at four 500, my ranks are not going to be representative of, oh, hey, I'm just not a competing team and I'm taking all prospects, or, hey, I'm trying to win now. A dynasty also, rank you list talk isn't going to be tiers, representative. Dude. Like, the, the deeper you go, the bigger the tiers become. And, you know, they just become 100 players. Yeah. Too, so why even rank them? And that, yeah. uh, to me, honestly, like, once you get outside of 200, I really think you're in a space of, like, you need to know who you are as a team. Beside the point, though, dynasty ranks list, the top 500 prospect list, and... The first edition of the 2022 redraft ranks mm. are going to be available this month. Probably going to be on Monday. He works hard for the money. So hard for the money. So you better treat him right. Dun, dun, dun. I'm dancing. I'm doing like a yeah. dance right here. So uh, that is going to be coming up in a couple days. You can have access if you come and support us. Plus, We've got tons more. We've got group me rooms where guys are going to be talking about all the baseball, whether it's prospects, whether it's just in the normal baseball, plus a whole bunch of other like lifestyle things. We've got live stream secret shows. I actually this Friday have a break event I'm doing on our Patreon where we are. Uh, I've got a Bobby Witt autographed jersey that's going to be raffled. We're breaking some tops heritage. Really cool stuff. And in a couple weeks, Deck Our Balls Christmas special. Bogman and I are going to be playing some games. 
going to have some special content that's going to be up there, opening presents, getting out into, you know, other universes and stuff like that. We work hard to give you the content that you're looking for, not just fun baseball, you know, algorithmic stuff, but also to entertain you. So if you'd like to support us in this league.com, that's a huge ad we did for no reason, but come and check us out (laughs) in this league.com sign up. December is a great month, even though the lockout is happening and uh, first edition of the ranks are going to be coming out and that's going to be fun. I've been working on them. Uh, I've got different processes. I mean, we do so much that I know there's some guys that like bury themselves for a couple you know, like a couple weeks and then, you know, that's their process. And then they're just kind of like done, you know, to be fair, kind of happens a little bit though. This crew is really good. I just got done with my work on the 2022 edition of the fantasy black book. Yeah. I wrote the strategy guide for all three different platforms, which is pretty cool. And with that, you know, this book, this is, I think, the best fantasy tool book that, and it's going to be out in a couple of weeks. It actually comes out right before, or two days before our special, December 15th is the release date. Like a lot of other books, they're going to do their process. They're going to go through it. They're going to write it. They're going to release it in December and they don't come back to it. That luckily doesn't happen with the black book. He updates it, but also that doesn't happen with me with my ranks. I go right. through different levels. I'm going to give my first rendition and I'm going to continuously be digging and combing and working through just because also like I don't want to do all of my analytical work and stuff in November like I want it to be fresh I want to redig I want to refine I want to player debate so you can come along and join the journey when you do all that stuff I can't believe we're already here like we're talking about all of this happening and then we're also waving goodbye to the freaking season dude I know yeah it's uh it's a weird time especially with the lockout it's like all right time to ramp up when no news is going to happen for two and a half months. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know we'll, we'll continuously keep you updated. And the thing to know is this podcast is not going to stop. It will keep going on with a different analytical breakdown rank episodes. It's kind of where I was getting to. And even some mock drafts, even though there are some key players that look like they are not going to sign. And actually bugs, you know, we've got a big list of all the signings. Maybe the thing we're going to start with when we go uh, come off of this break we're going to start with some of the guys that look like they did not sign. They did not you sign. You don't want to start with Mark Melanson, the blockbuster deal of the offseason? I mean, it almost was worthy of an emergency podcast, if you will. Mark Melanson, our guy. But no, we will talk about Mark Melanson. But let's talk about the guys that did not lock up a deal before baseball shut down. Plus all the other signings impact. We're going to do it right after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com. Casino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In this league. Somebody royally forked up. 
Somebody forked up. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. Full shirt. Holy mother forking shirt balls. All righty. Carlos Correa, number one on the MLB.com free agency list. You know, you could argue like him or Seager or, you know, if you're Bogman, just any other player uh, besides <laughs> Carlos Correa, you could argue it was the biggest. He was probably the biggest. Now, I do say this and, you know, maybe it'll be edited if it ends up happening uh, or, or changes. <laughs> but, you know, there's an hour to go. It does not look like any of these guys are going to have a, um, you know, a, what is it? What, what's the saying? Like the 12th hour? Yeah. The, 15th the 11th hour. hour? 11th hour. 11th so, hour. I think that's right. Think Why is it hour. the 11th hour? That's a good question. Is it because like 12 and then it kind of reticks over? Like you wouldn't say in military time, you'd keep going. It really should be like the 23rd hour if you use military time. <laughs> it should be the 25th hour, right? Well, that's a good movie with Edward Norton too. Oh, wow. Okay. At 25th hour? 25th yeah, I don't, I don't know why it said that, but yeah, there could be a last second signing of Carlos Correa, but it's doubtful. Yeah, so he's the top guy that did not, it looks at least at this point, like he did not lock down a deal. And based off of what we're going to talk about with the Corey Seager deal, he's going to get all the money. And I got to be frank with you, the reason I don't think he's going to have anything locked up is because of the damn deal that Corey Seager had. There was a, um, it got it so hard to parse out. Let me see if I can find the tweet. But I, I want to say it might have been Jeff Passan, and I'll look it up here in a second, with within like that last hour saying that um, the teams are, here it is, Mark, uh, Mark Berman actually had it. Mark Berman, uh, who the hell is Mark Berman? A sports director <laughs> at one of them, whatever. Uh, says that MLB sources said that uh, Carlos Correa has talked with the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Braves. And the Astros offered him $160 million last month. I How mean, laughable is that off of the Corey Seager deal? Yeah. For two years? Uh, I mean, <laughs> in this market? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's so funny, too, because I live in the greater Houston area now. And uh, just the local news, it's just that's what happens w w with the sports. Will the Astros resign Carlos Correa? And every no. time I like walk in the living room, my mom or my cousin have the local news on. I'm like, nope, he won't sign. No. He won't resign. Uh, she's like, oh, no hope at all. I'm like, nope. No, John, John Heyman even tweeted a little bit earlier in the day before everything shut down, said that Correa has received much interest and many offers, but he's comfortable waiting through the coming lockout for the right one, and he will wait. The usual big spenders and a majority of playoff teams have not spent big yet, and and here's a big, I think this might be a big key point, and if the tax threshold rises, that's going to benefit him. So that see, that's those true. were the type of things that I thought all of the big names would wait on is because of, you know, whatever agreed, like, you know, cap of luxury taxes and stuff would, would change. Those would probably be adjusted. Well, if it gets in the ugly favor. and you got a signing bonus, you just got a year's salary for free. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so know. Correa is going to wait it through. Uh, Marcus Stroman was openly uh, like tweeting to him to join the Cubs. There was some Red Sox rumors. One of the big things that was out there is there's a couple teams that talked to him about wanting to play third base, but he was like, well, like platinum, you know, shortstop, like he's, he's a stud shortstop. I think he wants to stay there. But one of the things that was being talked about is, you know, it'll make me not stay at shortstop $400 million. And, and that one of the things was uh, <laughs> someone I think he keeps in contact with is a rod who had made that change for the right team. I think that move can happen. And right. I think what they're alluding to with that 
is the Red Sox because I got right. Xander Bogarts. You know, you're going to really try to move. I mean, you could move Xander to third base and maybe Rafael Devers to first and then De you, you do whatever you want. You can move right. these guys around. Uh, but <laughs> Correa could be one of those guys that could be playing with one of the big teams. But those are, you know, those are all major market stuff. You know, the Dodgers, they 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 re-signed a guy, but they could still have a hole. The Cubs obviously have money to spend and being recruited, but it looks like he will probably... Uh, you know, he's probably going to stay at shortstop wherever he goes. He's probably going to get 350 plus and he is officially waiting it out. So that was the big one. Uh, going back on the MLB list, Chris Bryant, who is number three on their list also has not signed. There were major rumors with the Mariners were really interested in him and that may still happen, but I'm guessing that might be a threshold thing. And the, um, oh, who the hell was it that was looking at him? It was it the Rockies I know that Detroit I saw? was before. No way. No. no, no. It was it was a team that was, was close really to. Um, I saw they were interested in some guys, but I was like, who the hell's going to sign with Colorado? I, I think it might have been. It was a whole like Vegas thing. It was. I, so I saw that they were um, they were trying to get Story back, and I was just like, why? Why even park up that tree? You know. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find. It. Oh yeah, here it is. So Heyman says the Mets, Angels, and Padres were among teams that have showed interest in Bryant. Whose uh, whose marketing is now percolating? Ooh, John Heyman, Mariners, Phillies, Rockies, and Astros are all others that have also checked in as well. So the whole Nevada connection for Chris Bryant. So Chris right. Bryant, no home, third base, outfield. Seems like that the Mariners might be the most hot and heavy team after them. Yeah, but, you know, the Mariners like, just want to sign everyone. The Mariners are like. Uh... A kid that just got an allowance, you know. I, I think this is a Mariners or Phillies. Phillies, the the Vegas connection, you know, yeah. Harper and him are best friends. Uh, I think that could be very likely. Or, you know, if the Mariners want to overspend, that's probably one of the destinations. But no home for Chris Bryant. The other of the top five that did not sign, Trevor Story, speaking of. There's yeah. no way in hell he goes back to the Rockies. There's no, I mean, like, that was hilarious where they're like, hey, report the Rockies are interested in re-signing. I'm pretty okay. sure that's a one-way street, bud. Right. Yeah. I mean, where is story going to end up like that? That's I just, is there a, like a, a decent spot or like a, a spot where you would love to see Trevor story? Cause I just can't think of one. Um, I think there's been some rumor. I think you've seen the continued rumors of the Mariners that have popped up. You've also seen Yankees a little bit, right? Yeah. The Yankees are in there. Another one was the, uh, the Cubs, you know, cause again, the, like, I think the Cubs are going to walk out with one of those big shortstops. They're going to bring somebody back because obviously they, um, you know, they, 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 they traded Javier Baez away and that, you know, they haven't brought anything really back from that offensively that I think that's another one of those, a couple other names, that did not sign as I'm scrolling through. Oh, this was the big one that came through right at the end was Freddie Freeman. I forgot about that. Yeah. Freddie Freeman in the last hours, big, big rumors of the Yankees having interest. So just keep right. these in the back of your mind for these guys, simply because of the big names coming off of all of the craziness. Don't be shocked if this is treated like the NBA uh, free agency, where the minute a deal is signed, all of a sudden these guys have deals done. Cause you know, I mean, I don't think you can have tampering when you're in a lockout. So I think owners and the players. I don't know. There might be contract. You think there, there might is be thing? something. I I don't know. I, okay. I have no clue. So uh, and then after that, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, uh, Radon, all did not get deals. Clayton Kershaw did not sign uh, any type of. Deal. I think Conforto's still out there, and Anthony. There's so. Yeah, there's still going to be a lot. So it's going to be weird. It's going to be all these signings that we're about to talk about. 
Yep. And then nothing for two months at least. Yep. And then a flood of signings after that. So. Uh, and not a lot of pitching. You know, that's a big thing that also happened with this yeah. market is it looked like all the pitching for the most part came off the board. There's big impactful hitters and there's about five major market teams with money that are waiting for the ability to spend more money by this new deal. And that's when you're going to see those names that we just talked about. So those are the guys that sit in limbo that for better, or for worse, you can project them as who they are, but you are not going to be able to plus or minus them on new teams. We can't project Carlos Correa. You know, he's not going to go to Detroit. Now we can't project him in a uh, stolen base friendly place. You know, we're just going to have to play mediums with guys like Chris Bryant, him Trevor story is another like, just kind of crazy one. If Trevor Story goes to Seattle, we're probably going to look at that like, oh my God, the most hitter friendly to one of the least, you know, hitter friendly type of places where there's a bunch of destinations that could really work out well. You know, there's a bunch, I mean, if you were right. to go to Philly, you know, they, they're always looking at shortstops. You know, that would be a nice, good hitter friendly environment with a lot of protection that we'd be excited about. So we're just going to have to kind of play middles on those guys that did not sign. But there were big, big signings. There was big money spent and it's kind of hard to figure out where you want to start with it. So I say we start with the team that spent the absolute most money. They did not screw around for whatever, for whatever it was, you know, maybe they wanted to, uh, you could definitely tell that there were teams that felt, Hey, we'll be aggressive before this happens because once they change the thresholds, they might not be able to compete with some of the big market teams. And it's just like an auction league. If you guys draft um, one of my biggest strategies in playing auction my entire career of fantasy has been, I want to try to buy a big name early because once you get a yeah. little bit in, you're going to pay out your ass for those middle guys that because last, people start losing out. The last guy in a tier is always oh. the most expensive every time. It's so, so brutal. Yeah. If you don't get your guy early, you're going to be paying more for the guy last that you go, oh, yes, I got to get this guy. You know? And I think that's what the Rangers did. I think the Rangers saw themselves, hey, we have the ability to do it. We know what we want to do. Let's lock these in. So when, you know, the Yankees miss out on, you know, Carlos Correa and then another guy and they say, screw it, we're going to overspend. Or the Dodgers, you know, they come in and, and they were going heavy after um, Corey Seager. You give it two or three months, Corey Seager might just be like, ah, there's too much weirdness going on. I'm just going to go back to L.A. Did not happen. The Rangers signed Corey Seager to a 10-year, $325 million deal. They had two other big, impactful signings. We'll talk about them as a pair. They spent almost another $200 million on Marcus Simeon, taking him from the Blue Jays. Seven years, $175 million. And then they decided like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't just be the Angels and we should maybe get one piece <laughs> in our rotation. And they signed John Gray, which was a solid signing. I but, you know. Four years, $56 million. It's John Gray and the quad Nobody. A team. Yeah. And the quad A team. So Corey There's Seager. still some work to do, for sure. Let's start with Corey Seager. You absolutely hate him. You've always hated him. Uh, Corey okay. Seager has never played 160 games. He has played over 130 games only three times in his entire career. He's been in the majors for seven seasons. So only three as he, only three, let me bring it down. Bugman. He's only played a hundred games in a season three times and has, in seven years. Look, in 2020, he played 52 games, which is, you know, uh, there were only 60 games. Oh, you know what? So, I wasn't giving that. I should count that. But, You're right. But, I okay. But, but that's like, he played like 95% of the season there or whatever. So it's yeah. like, you, you're sitting there going, okay, you know, uh, this is, this is pretty close. Maybe this is going to be the year. And I think I even said that this year. All right. Maybe he played most maybe. of the year last year, but. Back to 95 games. 
it's perpetually just it injured. Is. That's the problem. He's perpetually yeah. injured. Uh, for the Rangers, this is great because they've got, you know, this brand new stadium. They've got to get people in to pay it. It's a big market team. You know, you got to win. So you pay. They to bought a middle superstars. of the order here is what they did. They bought yeah. a middle of the order because they, they already had the other pieces like Garcia well, can be your cleanup hitter. I mean, not all of it. They but... didn't have any pieces. I think that's wrong. I think what they did is they did Diamondbacks were a new franchise 2001 where they purchased a team to get people in the stadium that the, I mean, legit, the Rangers needed to do that. They spent in the market where they thought they could, and they probably overpaid, but they got a couple stars that they're going to be able to build their team around. Those stars will probably help bring some other guys in. They've got tons of trade assets. Once trades can happen or whenever they'll probably be in the trade, uh, trade market for pitchers. I, apparently they were kicking around trying to look at Luis Castillo. I think they will trade for one more cause they've got assets. They put themselves in win now and they put it behind Corey Seager where the initial thought was like, oh, hey, Corey Seager goes to Texas. That's a hitters-friendly place. And you had said, ah, 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 it's actually got some spots that don't make it as hitter-friendly as it was in the past. Right, yeah. It's uh, it's actually, it, I believe it has played more toward, towards a pitcher's park. And that was kind of the concern going into it. And we kind of saw that play out in the COVID playoffs, right? Because so many of them were played in that ballpark. And it's just super deep to center field. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, but, but I think, you know, this is... I wouldn't have given Corey Seager this much money. Uh, I think everybody knows that, and it's not a surprise. But he's hit over 300 the last two years. This is a guy, if he plays 160 games or if he, whatever, play, give, play him 145, right? Yeah. Uh, give him your normal amount of rest for a starter and not two months. And he could be the face of your franchise and a great player. I'm not taking away the skill. It's the ability to stay healthy. And, you know, it's a... Uh, the old saying availability is the best ability and he just doesn't have it for whatever it costs. So I never buy him in, in fantasy leagues. I'm never going to roster him because I don't want a guy that's probably going to miss 50 games. And that's kind of what is built in for me with him. The one nice thing that we saw with him over these last two years, even though there's been some injuries, we saw this concerted F, uh, effort of change to hit the ball really hard. He was top, uh, at one point, he was like top. I want to say in the COVID season, he was like top 10 in hard hit. Uh, maybe I'll go back and look here in a second. But he was in the top 35 of barrels for plate appearance percentage. So he's barreling up the ball. He had a uh, high end max exit velocity of 115, which is pretty solid. I mean, we don't usually care about like the average, but it was over 90. It was 91, which was solid. So, I mean, he, ch- he kind of changed the profile of who he was as a hitter. The problem, though, is this. Is like Corey Seager, I think, is a really good hitter, but he kind of has a Carlos Correa-ness to him. Where this guy, you 2020, know, not- just real quick, he was fourth in hard hit percentage. That's what it was. And second in barrels per plate appearance. Okay, 12.1. so yep, there you go. So I was right. I, I, I do remember him being like way, way up there. So he was like top five in 2020. So we saw this concerted effort of change. But what I was getting at with Seager is, is good as he is, is like from a star power perspective and he's a, you know, kind of a young flashy, lots of tool stuff. He's like Correa and that he's a bigger name than he's actually worth. And you see it even more when I was doing my shortstop ranks, I gotta tell you, you look at these two, you love them. You love new destinations. You're going to be able to play, but you go and look even at projections, you're going to have a really hard time 
justifying the cost, especially if they cost more in new locations for these guys, based on the <clears throat> sheer amount of players that put up similar numbers. I mean, even if you just go by projections here for a minute, Corey Seager is projected. Uh, this is what's nice about him is the batting average, 291 batting average, which I'm putting a more concerted effort this season. And on he's, batting he's average. over 300 the last two years. Exactly. So. And, I, and I'm putting a much bigger concerted effort to batting average in my team construction. He's great about that. But 25 homers projected in the 80s of runs and RBI and like no stolen bases. But you just scroll down. Like g- give me give me a top like 15 shortstop in your mind. Like just give uh, me a name. Uh, uh, how about Carlos Correa? Okay, Carlos Correa for a minute. He's projected at 278. Uh, and actually, I want to pair this here with NFBC. And I, I, Well, I've got the ADP. Okay, uh, you've got it. Perfect. So yeah. g- give me Seager's ADP real quick. Uh, among shortstops or overall? Uh, overall is fine. Uh, 66. Okay, 66. Carlos Correa, what is his? His is uh, 91. So exponentially lower. Here's Carlos Correa's projections. 278 batting average, a little bit behind. 28 homers, 84 runs, 89 RBIs. By the way, more RBI, one less run, and the same amount of stolen bases. And that's 30 spots lower. Uh, Give me a lower uh, shortstop. Uh, Lower than Correa? Yes. Uh, Okay, so lower than Correa, we're going to... Uh, Dan Swanson, Swanson, 17th. And how, uh, how, what is his overall? Oh, uh, uh, 126. Okay. 126 Dansby, 245 batting average. That's a big key. 23 homers, 84 runs, 72 RBIs, 10 stolen bases. So would you be willing to sacrifice batting average for those extra stolen bases and like 70 draft spots? Yeah, I think you, you might. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just like, for argument's sake, like one and guy like- wanted to the, the the biggest the biggest miss on those projections is 136 games for Seager, I think. But yeah, know. and they've got him at the games. And if you just throw like other random ones, what is the what is uh Glaber Torres's ADP? Uh Torres is hold on, let me find him. Torres, uh 165, 21st okay. among shortstops. T- uh, 269 batting average, 23 homers, 80 81 runs, 83 RBI, 14 stolen bases. Again, these are projections, these are steamer and stuff like that. The point is is as fun as Corey Seager is, new destination. He's now the face of this team. They still don't have a monster roster around it. He's still injury prone. He does not steal bases. He is a one elite category player in his batting average with solid RBI run and uh, homers with no stolen bases. And you can get replacement value across the board. So uh, I just wanted to point that out with Corey Seager. As fun as it is, he signs his big contract. It'll be one of the biggest in the offseason. Don't let it boost his value up right. too much. And actually, he's cheaper than last year, so that's a good sign. Uh, the other one also is uh, Mar- Marcus Simeon. Our boy Marcus Simeon signs in there. Monster freaking year. 40 homers, double-digit stolen bases. They project him 30 homers, 11 stolen bases, 260 with 96 runs and 84 RBI. And he'll be playing second base for the team. And Marcus He's 24 Simeon, overall in fantasy, by the way. And you got to pay heavy, heavy for Marcus <laughs> Simeon. Second base is all right. And he's actually in his projections. He's projected out only, uh, I think, only at shortstop. I'm not sure. No, they have him at second base, and he's the number one war of all of them. But you can get third second baseman Turner, uh, Albies, and Simeon. I forgot Turner's going to qualify there. Turner, yeah. Albies, then Simeon, then Simeon, then Whit, Javier Baez, Altuve, Jazz, Tommy Edmond, Kittel Marte. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm for the most part that Marcus Simeon uh, was relatively real. 
Uh, obviously playing, you know, with the Blue Jays and that offense around him and just, you know, a power keg, he was able to do it. I think the power is going to come down. The projections have it, you know, quite a bit lower. Yeah. But it's a decent, decent destination. But I, you know, I still don't know if I'm going to pay. He's too expensive. Him. Yeah, you know? he, he, he's too expensive at this point. And this is, you know, uh, you're, you and I were kind of talking about this off air a little bit. Like sometimes these guys, when they sign gigantic deals, so Corey Seager, not so much. I mean, Simeon signed a huge deal, but it wasn't you know, $300 million. They press. Look what happened to Lindor. They, he pressed and pressed and pressed and had a crap year. So I just, I, I'm not really into buying a guy his first year in a gigantic contract because there's an adjustment. There's always an adjustment to be made to new pitching coach, new ballpark, new road schedule, new blah, 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 blah. You go all the way down the line. And uh, it, it just makes those guys a little more dicey than a guy that's been in the same spot for a while. That's all. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic. That was kind of, yeah, that was the big thing we were talking about off air. It was like, we saw Machado kind of struggle, you know, big league change and in yeah. his first year. And, you know, Corey, Corey Seager just has a lot of stuff that, that happened with him and, and also just go to Marcus Simeon, you know, Marcus Simeon. I mean, I guess he's changed parks a couple times over and um, you know, that's worked that it's worked out for him. And uh, we'll just have to see. I think the Marcus Simeon's like overall, stats look like my heart monitor during a Steelers game. That's what it looks like. <laughs> also up, point down, out, up, down, up, uh, down. From, uh, let me pull this up. I was actually had this on runs. So let me see what this, uh, this marks out. So I pulled up the ballpark factors for, um, for home runs. I actually had it at runs and Toronto was top 10 in runs given up a ballpark. And uh, Ar Arlington was in like the bottom 10 for homers. Toronto was 12th in home runs given up, uh, 1.093. That's 12th overall in home runs given up. Arlington is down at 22, less than 1, uh, 0.946. The so lowest was Milwaukee, 0 0.0556, if that gives you perspective. And, um, you know, just you know, think about that from that perspective. Also, here's the other thing. Uh, the, the Florida Stadium they were playing in, 1.456, which was number two <laughs> overall. Yeah. So you get a little bit inflated <laughs> ballpark factors that worked in favor of Marcus Simeon. Uh, actually, we should also look. Let's see if this jumps out. I haven't even dug into this yet. Let's see where his splits go. J just for funsies, we're not gonna we're not playing big pick apart here. We got to move right. on to other stuff. But just for funsies here, Marcus Simeon, his splits. Once it'll let me click on it because I'm here. Uh, he is home run totals. He, well, okay, 23 away, 22 at home. Okay. So I'm assuming they're giving yeah. Florida his his home side. He had a good batting average kind of across both sides. Um, you know, 263, 268 home and away. So it's pretty, pretty even, pretty solid player. Top 24, I don't know. The last one, John Gray, um, getting him out of Colorado is that's like, value. it's yeah. like the greatest thing that's ever happened on the planet. He had a 5.22 <laughs> ERA. Uh, actually, he... he his he's ADP he's right the weird now? one, though. No, he's a weird one. 5.2 ERA away and a four at home. Last yeah, year. but that's because you get used to pitching in Colorado and you can't do the same stuff in Colorado that you do on, on the road. So now that he's in Texas, he's going to get much. I think he's going to get much better. His ADP right now is 300, 298 overall. So uh, he's <sighs> just he's free. He's in a new ballpark, a pitcher friendly ballpark as well. He moves from one of the mo the most by a wide margin uh worst ball ballpark for pitchers to one of the best so yeah. there's going to be a big adjustment for him too 
but I I love I'm gonna snap him up in a bunch of leagues. I think. Yeah, I mean, hey, I also told you, um, you know, you want to go back to the uh, did I I think I must have got rid of oh no the ballpark factors, um, you know, Colorado was top ten obviously in home runs given up, and he's going to one that's in the bottom twenty. You know, right. the bottom twenty. That's a that's a helpful thing across the board. So John Gray is definitely a candidate to move up. Uh, some offense that is going to stick around with him. They need more rotational help. They, I mean, the problem is Texas still needs a lot of help, and that's ultimately what it was. But from a Texas side, I would say John Gray is the big mover up. I'm actually kind of even on Corey Seager because he's down in the 60s, but I'm still not going to target. And Marcus Simeon is a big question mark for me because I, I still just don't know if I want to pay top 25. I mean, I guess yeah. the same thing like, just around Cedric Mullen and stuff like that, but I don't know. It's a pretty pretty big price His to price pay. price has to move down. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the New York Mets were the other team that made the splash, and uh, this will be easier after we kind of get through this because these two teams, they just gobbled up the market and the money spent. The big one was Max Scherzer. He signed a big old $130 million deal, I think, over three years. They also got Starling Marte, who signed a four-year $78 million deal. And they brought in Eduardo Escobar on a four-year, $78 million deal. Escobar, I believe, is expected to play third base. Marte is going to man center. And they've got their ace, which is going to pair with Jacob deGrom. So what do you think about deGrom, uh, uh, Scherzer with deGrom and the Mets? Woo, this is a uh, very, very good one-two punch here. I'm excited to see it. And, uh, you know, I talked to our boy Joe a little bit earlier today. And we were talking a little baseball, and he's like, man, I'm just wondering how how they're going to screw it up, right? Like, because he's just a jaded Mets fan. So uh, how are these guys going to screw it up and uh, ruin their careers in a Mets uniform? You know, and, I'll tell you, you, know, you want to know something? I think Scherzer is going to bring to the Mets what they've been missing, an intensity, intensity and, yeah. and an accountability that they have not had there. This dude, I mean, Marcus Stroman kind of always like, been big on accountability. I'm always so. accountability guy, but <laughs> like sure, dude, Edwin Diaz is going to go out to the mound and he's going to feel both those different color eyes just in the back of his damn head. <laughs> when he knows he's got a two run lead on the line and Max Scherzer's win. Max is going to like, don't touch me. He is going to jack all these dudes up. I don't think DeGrom was ever a vocal. They have a vocal leader. And I think a guy like Max is fantastic for everybody across the board. It gets me it, it, weirdly. It gets me a little bit more excited about a guy like Edwin Diaz. Cause I truly believe in that, you know, Diaz has always had the stuff. He's just gotten really wonky. I think Max is going to kind of culture change all of that nonsense of like no run support. I just, Max is going to go out there. He's going to do his thing. He's going out like a second round pick. He's going 16 in NFBC right now, which is the third overall pitcher. But I actually think that other Mets pitcher is going to jump him once we get there. I, I think yeah, that that's we just an early, have to have word that he's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's an early offseason thing that I think DeGrom can get himself back up to the top two and it's the best, you know, one two punch. But you know, divisionally, the, the the Marlins are trying to do. I mean, you know, there's some dudes. There's some there's some tough tough hombres in that division that he's going to go play in, but not that yeah. he's unfamiliar. But that's why you got to go get a guy like that, right? Uh, because of that division and it's tough. Yeah. So because you still have the Braves and Phillies, and you know, I mean, Washington has given up, but Florida's or Miami's getting better. Florida, Jesus, how old am I? Uh, Miami's getting better too. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough division for sure. 
Uh, let me ask you this real quick on Sterling Marte. We talked about when Marte went to the Diamondbacks, we really saw him regress uh, just overall. I, I don't think it was just about like the Diamondbacks. It was also just there was no support. There's no offensive support. But one of the unique things was the Diamondbacks were like bottom five in stolen bases. Mets That's last so year, stupid. bottom five. Mets are bottom five in yeah. bases per game. Now, obviously, did they have the guys? I kind of think they did have some of the guys that could do it, especially on the back end well, of the Lindor year. Lindor was you got never guys, on base. So. You get Lindor, you had Baez, uh, guys like Conforto used to do it. But now you bring in Marte. Do you think the stolen base numbers go up or down uh, for Marte based on who he was last year? Because he balled out with uh, the Marlins. Yeah, um, it, it's, t- it's tough to say, man. You know, um, you would think with all these guys that can steal bases that they do a little more. I think it really depends on where are we putting Starling Marte in this order, right? Um, I think he's uh, going to lead. I think he's going to lead off. Don't so you? do I. So I think that would be great for him. Let's see. Um, are you looking at the depth chart? That's yeah, they got Nimmo leading off with Marte two, Lindor three, Alonso Cano. Cano's back. But yeah, uh, that's fine. I mean, something that gets me a little bit excited. We're not going to talk about it here. I'm kind of a little bit in on the rebound of Francisco Lindor for this coming year. And it's something we'll do in future episodes. So, I mean, just a lot of run opportunities for Marte. It's just going to be, is the team going to be aggressive in moving him? 47 stolen bases between both the teams Marte played with in 120 games last year. Do you know what his projections are for this year? Uh, for Marte, I'm not looking yeah. at him, no. You want to take a guess? Um, Give me no, like... j- j- yeah, just, okay. just read him. All right. 18 homers. 83 runs. I think those runs can go up. Uh, 65 RBI, a 269 batting average. This is over only 134 games, 30 stolen bases. I love that, that they have him projected for less games than Corey Seager, by the way. And that is like 17 less stolen bases than he had last year in 14 more games. So they're predicting the overall rate of stolen bases will go down with the Mets. Well, look, it's still Luis Rojas managing this team, right? He managed them last year and he's going to manage them this year for at least the beginning. Right. So, uh, I, um, I don't know that they're going to steal a ton more bases. So that is, it's a concerning, it's move. he's going it, at 27 and NFBC right now, like just behind see, Cedric Mullins. Okay. Just you just brought up what I wanted to bring wit. I just Salve. wanted to bring this to you. This is what's important because uh, Marte is kind of a chalk guy. That's the thing that's always followed him like batting average, yeah, that one, that like, well, I he's mean, good six at homers in 2020. Yeah, he's always, he's solid. He's not a great RBI guy, but he's been like a solid four category player. That's just with positioning maybe a in the lineup, though. He's so, so often he's a lineup, uh, a leadoff hitter. He's, you know, he's not in position for RBI. But check this out. There's a little clump going in drafts right now, which is right at the back end of the second into the third. If you're playing in a 12 man, or this is the back end of the second round in Roto, where you are clumping Marcus Simeon, Cedric Mullins, and Sterling Marte together. Now, I know Simeon plays a different position, which might give him a unique you know, opportunity here. But what you have is you have Simeon going into a less hitter-friendly spot. Uh, he doesn't steal as many bases as those guys. Marte going into maybe a less stolen base opportunity and a little bit older. And Cedric Mullins, who had the, be- the better statistical season than both of them, with less of a track record in a hitter-friendly Baltimore who would you, uh, F. Mary kill F. Mary kill those three of Marcus Simeon, Starling Marte and Cedric. Okay. Oh God. Um, uh, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna F Cedric. I'm oh. gonna marry. Oh, I'm going to marry Marte and I'm going to kill Simeon. All right. So you like, uh, Marte the best. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like Marte because the floor is there for him. Like, yes, maybe he steals less bases, but you would think if he does hit leadoff, which, you know, is definitely on the table at this point, you don't just look at Ross resource and go, ah, they got him at two. He's two. Um, you know, yeah. that, that will be decided in spring. So if he does hit leadoff, maybe you steal more, you know, maybe you uh, give him the green light to go because he did so well in Oakland last year. So yeah. Uh, I, the floor is so high for him. Um, you know, I want to see repeatability from Mullins and I just think the cost is a little too high on Simeon. That's all. So Eduardo hit 22 homers, uh, with the diamondbacks in just under a hundred games, but under two fifty. went over to Milwaukee homers went down, which by the way, I told you Milwaukee had the most suppressed yeah. home run rate last year, but his batting average went up. He hit 268 when he was with the brewers in just under 50 games. Fogo power. Yeah, looked like a little bit better of a hitter. His OBP went up. His slugging went down, obviously, just a tiny bit. Uh, pretty good, sneaky, late guy. I mean, th third base really is going to blow this year. And he's kind of a good, <laughs> sneaky guy to get on the back. And I like that signing for the Mets. So I think from my overall perspective, I'm a little bit down on Marte going there. I'm thumbs up with Scherzer. And I kind of like a few of the other guys. And I'm a thumbs up on Eduardo Escobar as well. Escobar, 196 overall. Uh, uh, that's probably like right. Like, yeah. who's the third baseman in front of him? Um, well, I was on. Uh, uh sorry. Oh, that's I'll okay. scroll down here. You have like, I'll just like run one sixty. You have, uh, Luis. Uh, so, uh, Chapman, McMahon, Urias, uh, Luis Urias, right ahead of him. Suarez, Donaldson, Candelario, right behind him. Uh, it's the range. It's the right yeah. range for him. I, I think he could move up a, a couple notches as well. Like, that's a really good. Eduardo's kind of a like soaker in around me type of guy. Like there's a bad offensive culture with the diamondbacks and you know, you get winning culture in and he was good with the brewers. I think the same thing is going to happen with the Mets offensively. A couple of other big signings and we'll take a break. Uh, the other like massive name one that I kind of thought wasn't going to happen. Javier Baez signed a six year, $140 million deal with the Detroit Tigers. So the Tigers got their guy. They wanted one of the big ones. I just didn't think it was going to be this one. I thought it was going to be Correa. It really felt like uh, stolen base friendly. Baez coming off a 31-18 season, 80 runs in uh, RBI, 265 batting average, projections, 26 homers, 13 stolen bases, 245 batting average. So an overall dip, only 71 runs in that Tigers lineup as well. So an <laughs> overall dip in Javier Baez. Yeah, I mean... That sounds right. You know, all that stuff that you just said sounds exactly right for someone that's going to a rough lineup, man. I mean, you know, you drop them in, you, you know who they have him wedged between. It's Robbie Grossman and Candelario. So, you know, it, it's not great. Uh, eventually, Torque is going to be in that lineup. And I know the, you know, the, I don't know the system like you do, obviously, but they have guys coming up. So, they Riley do. Green, right? So, uh, you know, uh, I they're going to have some bats there, but. He is everything right now for that. Yeah, in the future, if you when you have Riley Green and Torkelson in there, like that's good, but you always have rookie woes. It's a bad lineup. I found myself when I was doing my shortstop ranks, he's the one guy I kept moving down and down. Like I right. kept being like, I can yeah. justify this guy over here. I want right. to I want to read you something. This is not mine. I saw multiple people do this. Here's Javi Baez's career stats, real quick. Okay. Uh 264 batting average, 307 OBP, 149 career homers. Just under five walk rate, 29K rate, uh, just over 100 OPS, and a 23.4 uh, B war. Okay. Now, here's this mystery player. You ready? 262 batting average, 
301 OBP, 163 career homers, a 4.1 walk uh, rate, uh, Baez is 4.8, 22.4 K rate, that's 7% lower than Baez, a 101 OPS to Baez is 104, and a 20 B war, which is three less. Do you know who that player is? Is that Carlos Correa? Jonathan Scope. Oh my God. Baez to Jonathan Scope got Tiger fans all in a little tizzy. <laughs> that was David uh, Larilla who put that up. Uh, fan graphs, uh, I think a baseball writer fan graphs. I saw, I saw a couple people put that tweet out there. Uh, it's not to crap on Baez, but it's that, you know, it's, it's a little bit mediocre, I think, in the long term. Baez not- or Seeger? Because they're going 10 11 right now in NFBC. What's the overall? Um, overall. I, you know what? Doesn't matter. I go Seeger. I, I I really am prioritizing batting averages. Here. I mean, they're sixty eight point one two to sixty eight point four two. Yeah, in so. that it's easy Seeger. Actually, it's actually easy Seeger. I know I miss the stolen bases. I ain't worried about it. I'll take that I'll take batting bias. average all day. I'm what about bias. you? Bias. Ugh, really? I'll I'll find I'll find some batting average later. But but like I said, you know, it, Bias is a guy that really depends on how you build your lineup before you get to him. If you have batting average risk, you're not going to pile on top with Baez. You're going to take yeah. somebody else. So if you have batting average pretty solid and you're sitting between Seager and Baez and you say, do I want a guy that's not going to play 100 games or do I want a guy that's going to play 100 games but might have a much worse floor, I'm going to take Baez. That's going to be my risky my risky guy at that point. So is captain. I mean, I've always been a big Baez guy, but he's on a four-year straight run of increased strikeout percentage it went it was, in 2018 it was 25.9 mm-hmm. it's all the way up to 33.6 he's going to a worse offensive lineup like he might be more manufacturing worse ballpark, all the stuff yeah like listen the dude might steal more bases because you got to manufacture more stuff but he is susceptible to a lower run total a lower rbi total more funks less protection and even when you get Torque and Riley Green in there it might take a little bit now the Tigers might go be aggressive and they might get another really good hitter but sure it's shortstop is so deep that I really think you have to find the proper justification. I mean, the answer honestly guy. is neither like uh, neither. Yeah, it is. Nor you're right about that. No, you're 100% right uh, about if you're that. picking between them, I'll, I'll go with bias. Yeah. I'm going to pri- you prioritize the stolen bases. I prioritize the batting average and um, you know, you'll try to make up the batting average somewhere else. I will try to right. make up the stolen bases somewhere else. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about rest, uh, the rest of the semi-big deals. There were a few extensions, and then there were a whole bunch of minor deals, and we'll kind of give some thumbs up or down on the value and all the massive major changes that happened right before baseball shutdown. In this league. Oh, I remember. In this league. Yeah, I remember that. More baseball signings. Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, who, by the way, in a a points league format, was just dominant. It was so dominant last year. Dominant across the board. Really crazy. And it's still... As soon as he got out of Arizona. Nothing pisses me off more than these two things. A, (laughs) a pitcher. these, These damn pitchers that find success when they come out of Arizona... It is, I mean, it's not like necessarily the new regime because they got guys like Dan Heron and stuff that have been running it, but it is so frustrating to see. But also, everything Robbie Ray was in 2021 was what I was on. I was going on shows in 2020. Yeah, but you know, your logic is right at that point, right? Yeah, no, I feel so, good. Like, I feel, yeah. but 
no one's like, you know, hey man, like you called all of this in 2020. You were just a year off. No one cares. No one gives you yeah, any of that course. credit. Not that you need any of it in general. But yeah, I guess you're kind of right. The good way to take it was you know. this wasn't this wasn't like me quietly being like, hey, I like Robbie Ray. I was super loud about it in 2020 on well, podcast dude, saying just he's being, the breakout player of the year. And being I was, a local guy in Arizona, you see like all they talked about all offseason was Robbie Ray, new fitness program, new nutritionist. Like yeah, man. he has to earn this contract. So he's got to have a big year. That is why he signed a one year deal last year is so he could try to do this whole thing again and it broke and worked for him this year. So, uh, you know, congrats to him. I love seeing him have success. Of course, it pisses me off. Like you said, yeah, uh, leaves Arizona and find success, but you know, uh, he's doing great. Uh, him and his tight pants are doing great things. Yeah. The tightest pants you've ever seen in your life. They're crazy. And they're now going to be in Seattle after he signed a five year, $115 million deal. And dudes like Robbie Ray has that stink of um, you're paying for last year's stats. Right. Nuko put him in Seattle, though. I mean, it's one of the best places to nourish and nurture a pitcher like him. If you have those worries, is the offense there? No, not yet. But reinforcements are coming. Defensively, they're good. I mean, I, I literally think the Mariners are trying to find a way to bring in one of these big guys to play somewhere else because they want to keep the defensive uh, prowess of J.P. Crawford. You know, they've got defensive guys. They had a big year for Mitch Hanniger. They're just looking for some new offensive weapons, and they've got a good young rotation that's in there. And Robbie Ray comes in coming off of an almost 250 strikeout season, which I believe was first or second. Um, something you can read in the Fantasy Black Book. There were two pitchers in 2019, because we can't use 20 as a marker, 2019 that went over 300 strikeouts. This year, there were only two that at the top, which were still about 80 strikeouts away from the top guy. Like it was the 250, 260. I'd have to pull up the leaderboard. I think it was like Cole and Robbie Ray who led the way. And Robbie did it with 13 wins. He had a two, little over two and a half, just under three ERA in what we've also described as not like a necessarily a hitter friendly environment. And the projections seem to be very favorable in believing what happened. Projections on Steamer have a higher K per nine this coming year. He had 11.5, 11.8 is the projection. Little bit more walky. One more strikeout than Wheeler for the lead, 248. To okay, it was Wheeler. That's what it was. Okay. And Cole was, I think, a little bit further down there. You're right. It was Wheeler. Um, Cole was e third, 243. So. ERA is closer to the representative XFIP of the previous season. Uh, technically, he had a 284 ERA last year. His FIP last year was 369. 367 projected ERA for this season. So that's pretty typical of projection systems. It's just following like what the uh, the FIP or the Sierra is closer to. But they project him in double-digit wins, uh, a really good strikeout rate, a three-and-a-half ERA at that strikeout rate with 12, 13, 14 wins is going to put him at top 10 again. And he goes to a pretty hitter-friendly pitching development place that – you know, Boggs, I really thought I was going to probably shy away from Robbie Ray just based off of some of the fear, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, you know, I, I believed in it before he did it, and he's going to a place that I think is going to do some good stuff with him, and they want to be offensively aggressive. I think I'm going to be back in a Robbie Ray, and I love the destination. I mean, among starting pitchers, he would be 16th, I believe, because he's 17 and Hader is, no, he'd be 15th because... Uh, Hater and Hendricks are ahead of him because NFBC just does pitcher by pitcher. They don't break up relievers. So, um, yeah, I mean, so he he's in this neighborhood of the three ahead of him are Sale, 
Alcantara and Nola. The, the head of then, everyone, what? Uh, uh, ADP. Um, oh, ADP. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. So repeat that. There's three pitchers ahead of him in ADP. Well, I'm saying the three ahead of him because he's 15th uh, in uh, among starting pitchers. He is 15th uh, overall pitcher. Oh, Sale, pitcher, Alcantara, Nola, and then the three behind him are Gossman, Peralta, Freddie Peralta, and Logan Webb. So uh, right in that range, I he might be the safest. I think he might. You're going to get tons of strikeouts. Uh, like I said, there's pretty good defense there. I mean, what you were asking yourself is like, can Jared Kelnick bounce back? You know, Evan White is a gold glove type of defender. If he can get his bat going, you're looking at these players. and You're like, can you get your goddamn bats going? So if they can bring in the reinforcements, if they can lock up a story, uh, I'd actually be more excited about story than Chris Bryant. Unfortunately, my my love relationship of Bryant has kind of waned. He's oh, really proven no. to be he's so not your boyfriend or, anymore. Eh, you know, you guys I mean, broke like, up. Yeah, this long distance relationship, a little bit off and on. You know, it's not, it's not. It hasn't been working out. And different area codes doesn't count. Yeah, and he's right. been showing. You know, he went to the he went to San Francisco. Like I can't like. Can't, can't be, great be doing friends. that. Can't be right. great friends if he's a giant or anything like that. <laughs> then he's gonna go. I mean, the 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 frustrating thing, unless Seattle, you know, and there's still plenty of time for them to sign a closer, but. Uh, it would be to see how many times the bullpen blows it for him because yeah. right now it's second rider, Paul C. Wall, Diego Castillo, Casey Sadler, you know, Ken Giles. Like, it's yeah. not well, great. Mariners are, I think the Mariners are going to be hyper aggressive because I think they try, I think they tried to do what the Rangers did without the pocketbook. Right. And they're going to be ultra aggressive probably in the trade market and signing a couple guys. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I love the deal, and I like uh, Robbie Ray going there. Two other big pitching signings. Kevin Gossman, uh, he replaces Robbie Ray, signing a five-year, $110 million deal with Toronto. So I think, you know, it's essentially Robbie just being like, I want out of Canada, and <laughs> I'm going to, you know, take a couple million dollars more to develop right. Let's go a couple miles south of Canada. That's yeah. all I need. Yeah. I think the, and these guys can thrive. I like the Kevin Gaussman deal. A huge, huge offensive support around him. We saw, you know, Robbie succeeded. I mean, you do take off Marcus Simeon off that lineup, but you still got Vlad and you still got Springer and, you know, you still got Teoscar Hernandez. So there's a lot of offensive support that's going to be there. And then Marcus Stroman signed a three year, $71 million deal. Uh, the pretty much the last deal that happened with the Cubs, which was, Definitely the money grab there because it's like the Cubs got nothing right now. I mean, they signed Clint Frazier. They lost all their players and they're starting their process. And Stroman liked the cash deal. He gets to be a Cub and he'll start back up the rebuild, which is probably not going to be a big rebuild of the Cubs. So who do you like order these three in their new destination? Cubs, uh, Stroman, Gossman with Toronto and Robbie Ray with the Mariners. Uh, Ray Gossman, Stroman. I think it's probably, you know, I loved Stroman was a great get for me last year. I don't know how excited I am about this. Like, unless, yeah. I mean, if they get Correa in huge defender, good offense, that's a good start. That's a really good Is that start. enough? No, no, it's not, but it's a good start. Yeah. Like Clint Frazier, you can't pair Clint Frazier with guys like Patrick Wisdom <laughs> and, uh, hey, 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 you can't, don't, don't talk too much smack about it. Patrick Wisdom won a lot of people, a lot of money last year. Yeah. So, well, yeah, 30 homers of the two twelve batting averages here would be great, but you got like, they need Correa and they need more. They need something else. You know, they, they could use getting like Castellanos and Correa would be a really, really good. Quick, give me, give me two other starters for the Cubs. Kyle Hendricks. Yep. And Alberto Alzale. There you go. Can you name the last two? Uh, that are in one's the... a new signing, a lefty. Uh, no. Former Diamondback. Oh, Wade Miley. Yeah, I that's forgot. it. 
Gross. And Alec Mills. You're not going to get that. Oh, and I got Alec Mills. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and they didn't they, they signed Jan Gomes, too. Ooh. There you go. Mm, hey, very veteran exciting. shorts, a veteran backstop there. So, yeah. uh, you know, I mean. Just the help they needed when they got uh, Wilson, Wilson Contreras. Contreras. Right. I mean, yep. for when you trade Wilson Contreras, right? Yeah, which they probably, I think, he, right after that yeah. signing, he tweeted uh, a plane on a runway uh, like four or five times. I feel like that's like the new snake in the grass. So <laughs> I think there might be some trade that's happening out there. I agree with that lineup change. Stroman, a little bit down. Gossman, I don't know. Gossman might actually be able to hold some of his value going where he did. And Robbie Ray is up a couple of the other. Now we're going to just start getting into these are a little bit less impactful. Adam Frazier was traded. I forgot there was an actual trade to the Mariners um, for okay, Cody Rozier and Ray Kerr. So, you know, whatever we were yeah. so wrong about Adam Look, Frazier. Adam Frazier is going to now hit second uh, or at least at the top of the lineup for the Mariners. So anything's uh, better than Dylan Moore. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anything. Uh, Aviso Garcia was so phenomenal last year. He goes to the Marlins and he signed a four-year, $53 million deal. I like that move. Yeah, I, I like that, that move. move too. Yeah, th- these are like, uh, you know, Jeter's making some some smart moves. Who was it that was talking smack about Jeter the other day? Uh, Correa. Correa did. Correa That's went right. out and said like, you know, he didn't deserve any of the stuff he got. And then I think Jeter was asked Hilarious. about it and he was just like, I got some opinions on it. So And they're like, oh, do you care to comment? And he's like, not really. Not really. So. And uh I- Avisil did that again in Milwaukee, kind of what with what we talked about. Projections on him, a tiny bit down though. Uh, twenty three homers based off of his twenty nine with Milwaukee, but nine stolen bases, which is up a little tiny bit better. Batting average two sixty four in the seventies on run and RBI. I don't know. I think it's a, it's a solid projection. He's still going to be super cheap. It's just I think it's a good offensive destination. And if guys like Jazz Chisholm and Jesus Sanchez and stuff start clicking, he's going to be in the middle of the order. He actually reminds me. Aviso Garcia is like the Jesus Aguilar of outfielders. Like both those guys are so <laughs> cheap and they're going to hit in prime yep. spots and they're going to be great uh, league builders. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, like we mentioned every single year, there's only 30 three hole hitters and Garcia looks like he's going to be one of them. So, yeah, you know, uh, the value is there for him. And right now, NFBC, obviously is going at one ninety two, right around, uh, Yuli Gurriel, Travis Darno, Eduardo Escobar, Adley Rutschman, Colton Wong, guys like that. Ooh, Ooh, man. I want to have a talk about Adley Rutschman. Have you had not, we don't have to do it here, but like, dude, steamer projections on Adley. <laughs> He's like the fifth catcher for this year. Well, the I mean, catch in war. He they gave him the fifth war. He's okay, not so guaranteed. so what? But but what does this tell you? Does it tell you that Allie Rutschman is great or that catching blows? Oh, it's both. Yeah, I actually tried to get it out in the fall league. Tim Gibbons, who is a AAA, was a AAA coach for the Orioles and um, was one of the like I think he was a hitting coach out here in the Mesa team. We were, we, me and Eno and Chris Blessing, we spent a little bit of time with him on field and we were just talking about all the stuff. He was talking about what they did during the pandemic. And I was just like, why isn't Adley here? And he was like, ah, you know, yeah, I don't, he didn't need to be here. He was good to go because like, I felt like finishing school, it would be perfect for him. But Adley is the type of guy that, you know, you cut off any of this nonsense of like manipulating rookies. He might be up pretty soon. Uh, I'm not sure if they rush rush him. I thought he would have been in the fall league, but you know, it, it is what it is. Fingers uh, crossed. Yeah. Uh, Chris Taylor signed a four year, $60 million deal. I actually think this one is relatively important just because you're getting, getting rid of Seager. There's this opportunity for Chris Taylor 
as long as Gavin Lux doesn't take it away. And Chris Taylor was great last year. I mean, he was a 2010 guy. And if he has a full-time gig again, he will be a big value. He just him. has a full-time gig. Doesn't really yeah, matter he, what right. position Super utility. He, You're he totally is. right about that. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, he's just in the lineup with guys. Like, they have him hitting nine here, but he'll move all up and down the lineup. And, uh, you know, uh, but I love even him. if he hits nine, it's Betts, Turner, uh, Justin Turner, uh, Muncie, Smith, Bellinger, Pollock are the guys in front of me. It's unbelievable, this Dodgers lineup. I, I, lo I love him. And uh, I think I was looking, if you go to shortstops and projections, the, yeah, he was, I, was he further down here? I thought he was much higher. Maybe I'm just not looking. Or is he under second base? I just remember looking at projections and they were just back to like very favorable mm -hmm. on him and giving him a full-time gig is even better. So I, I just think, you know, production, they love him. It's funny, he, like last year you look at, and I mean cut you off, but look yeah, at his batting order, 184 times at six, uh, 98 times leading off, 81 times at fifth, uh, 64 times at seven, 39 times at third, 25 times at second. He And he's played uh, second, 39 games, third, 11, uh, short, 23, left, 23, center, 59, right, eight, pinch hit nine times. Like the guy, it, it doesn't utility, matter. Man. He's in there like that. That's all you care about. And Chris Taylor, he's in the lineup every day. So, yeah. And he's, he is the epitome of uh, super utility. That is exactly what he is. And I just think it's a good spot. Um, I want to play, we'll play a game here with the rest of the signings in a second. Steven Matt signed a two year, $44 million deal. It's also the signing that got, uh, Steve Cohen all like pissy on Twitter where he's like, I've never seen such unprofessionalism from an agent lying. And it's just like, dude, shut up. Like get off of Twitter. Like we don't, <laughs> you know, are you a billionaire? Unless this is going to be like the hard knocks of baseball and we can get some underlining stuff. Like I just, nobody cares. Like we're done with it. Go, you know. Go to the Illuminati and manipulate the rest of the country like you're already doing. <laughs> and then uh, there were a couple re-signings, and then we'll play the game. Rysel Iglesias re-signed a deal for your $58 million to stay with the Angels and close, which I love. I actually really yeah. love that. I think Iglesias is probably going to be near one of the top closers I target because I just don't think I'm going to go with the top guys, but I'm very interested in Iglesias. Uh, Byron Buxton, seven-year, $100 million extension with the Twins. I cannot quit Buxton. Uh, let's see what his projections are real quick. Take a guess. Just blind off your, off your uh, 100 games, games. <laughs> uh, uh, 26 homers, 15 stolen bases, 239 average. I don't know. Okay. Well, some of it was close. 131 projected games, oh, by the way. unbelievable. We talk about Seager. Uh, Byron Buxton has... Played over 100 games once in his entire career. <laughs> once. Uh, he's projected at 131. I don't think I've ever rostered uh, Buxton ever. So. But in 131 games, projected 31 homers, 15 stolen bases, 268 batting average in the mid-80s on runs and RBI. I cannot quit him. I love By him. By the way, uh, seven years, 162 games is 1,134 games. How many of those games do you think he plays? Uh, I think he's, I think I'm, I'm going to go a hundred and I'll do 125, 120 plus 120 sure. plus of uh, this year, this uh, coming by year. the way, 60% of those 1134 games is 680 games total. So that's what I would go with 680. Wait, so I, I just said 60% of the, the games in this contract. Oh, you were saying the full contract. You were saying, yeah, the yeah. Contract. The full contract is 1134 games. I said, how many games do you think? I put in 60% in 681 games. Oh, okay. So that's how many I'm going to say that he plays throughout that contract. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, I don't know the, the totality of it, but he's in the mid-60s <laughs> on NFBC. 
I love the guy. When he plays, he plays at a top two round level. It's just the injury stuff is like really fickle. But he's going around like Byron Buxton and Seeker are uh Baez and Seeker going ahead of him. I'll take Buxton yeah. over both of those guys, like clearly. Uh and then Wander Franco signed an eleven year, $182 million deal, more than Buxton to be locked up. And he's gonna be a fascinating discussion uh throughout the offseason. All right, so here are some smaller signings. Again, I thought like a 20th of the signings of these would have actually happened, but we just went through the big names. Here are some of the small names. I'm going to ask you, we're both going to do yay or nay. If we are in with the player in his new place and we like, you know, him for this year, or we're kind of down and maybe we also didn't believe in him next year. Okay. So yeah. Oh, okay. Does All that right. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll get like it. It's like, a, it's a double dose. It's, you yeah. know, did do you buy this guy for this year and do you like the destination of where he signed? Number one, Mark Canna signed a two year $25 million with the Mets. Yay or nay? Nah. Oh, really? I'm a yay on him. He was a sneaky on base guy. He could lead off. I actually think he could take the leadoff role away from Nimmo. Yeah, but it's gonna go to Marte. So yeah. Well, Marte yeah. hit two. Uh actually I'm I think Canna is sneaky, so I say yay. Corey Kluber, one year deal with the Rays, yay or nay? Eh, eh, yay with the least amount of enthusiasm uh, possible. that wasn't very exciting uh, i'm gonna <laughs> say i'm gonna say yay i'm i'm very positive here uh clint frazier with the cubs nah nah yeah nah. I, I want it to be but nah yeah uh hector naris two-year deal with the astros i mean he's nah. not gonna close so who cares no. uh yeah yemi garcia signed a two-year deal with toronto we don't need to do that oh michael walker one-year deal with the red sox uh ish uh yeah we'll say yay okay how about this rich hill with the red Sox. i'll double down on that red Sox deal god you pick i mean these guys are both rich hill rich hill too blister god for sure uh kendall graveman signed with the white Sox, which is fascinating because they are creating maybe the best bullpen and this is the royals this is what the royals did to win their world series you're totally right you know uh imagine it's a smart move dude imagine Eloy, who I think is being undervalued right now, Robert, who who just you know gets a full season, and then you get bounce backs of like Abreu and Moncada with that rotation. Dylan Cease, and this is you know they took bullpen. the swings on the starters and couldn't get them. So I think this is a this is a smart you know what, dude? thing for them to do. I think they might be like a They're really sneaky. good early DraftKings like World yeah. Series. You know, maybe win. You know, whatever the bets are, I might place it on really really early if you can uh, sit on it. Um. Roberto Perez signed with the Pirates. We don't need to play that one. Uh, the Rays traded Jordan Luplo to Arizona. Oh, yay best move of the yay, yeah, best move of the season. Love like Jordan it. Luplo. Can't watch to uh, wait, can't wait to watch him win a Gold Glove in Arizona and then get traded for uh, a guy that is organizational depth at catcher. Nothing is going to be better when the batting order goes from Luplo to Van Meter to Andy Young. Mm. Mm. sexy i went and they all have to, to leave the game early to uber <laughs> they just they they do they're doing uber sorry ride. my they're shift started <laughs> yeah i, I gotta it. go yeah i can't they, they, i can't catch i'm sorry this went into extras i told my i told them i'd be at, at doordash at nine so you have this to is do a day shifts, game this is ridiculous I, I gotta do shifts i'm gonna lose That's it right. if i don't do it they jump in the, the bullpin cart and they drive out of there <laughs> Sorry, we can't take tips just on the account. I already got one to Starbucks. I got to get out of here. Yeah, I got to get out of here. Oh, man, it's going to be so brutal this year for us. Jan Gomes with the Cubs. Eh, eh. Uh, Alec, uh, Alex Cobb with the Giants. Yeah or nay? To your deal. Uh, uh, I think no. that's a yay. I think it's a yay. Okay. 
That's a yay. All Giants right. revive guys. Yeah, that's a yay. For they, you know what? They do. They so do. Kirby Yates, two-year deal with the Braves. He could steal if, if Will Smith struggles. He could steal. I like how that was like the biggest rumor for the Diamondbacks. And then he signed. Like that was the, well, the one thing I saw for the Diamondbacks outside of the, the Luplo trade. And then they were like, he signed with this. I don't even think he's actually going to do much this year anyway, because he had no. Tommy John, I think, like last year. So it doesn't matter. Uh, Jacob Stallings was traded to the Marlins for a couple minor leaguers. So Jacob Stallings with the Marlins. Yeah, I not. actually, yes, I do like Jacob Stallings with too. the Marlins. Uh, oh, Jorge Alfaro was traded to the Padres. Former big bat uh, nah. is now going with the Padres. So that They have a bevy of just weird catchers. Uh, so yep. I think no, it's a nay. Um, oh, here's uh, there's a couple small ones. Dylan, Okay, Dylan Bunny with the Twins. Yeah or nay? Jose Quintana <laughs> with the Pirates. Uh, no thanks. Okay, I loved this trade. Uh, Joey Wendell traded to the Marlins yeah. for Cameron Meisner. That's a big yay. Yeah, yeah, I'm in on that one for sure. Okay, final one. Just get him the some everyday one. at bats. He's the opposite of Chris Taylor, right? Joey Wendell with the Rays. The opposite of Chris Taylor. It's like, is he going to play today? Probably not. Yeah, well, he's a power speed guy too. Yeah, projected the projections: eighty-one games, six homers, seven stolen bases. You double that, they only still see him as a twelve, uh, fourteen guy, two fifty-four batting average, sixty in the runs and RBI. But you can get a little offensive happy with the Marlins, also position eligible, and you don't have a raised team that's going to screw with you. If he gets full-time play, I think Joey Wendell is going to be. He a, played uh, in one hundred thirty-six last year, but yeah. you know, he played in one hundred thirty-six, and he had. 500 uh plate appearances so we saved the biggest move for last the biggest right. most important <clears throat> impactful move bogman mark melanson to your arizona diamondbacks you know what's funny is i already have a bet with my guy xavier trish on the college football winning ed show that he will blow his first save as a diamondback i have him as blowing it oh really yeah I've Mark seen him blow the first save of the year in Chase Field. I was there. I seen it. Uh, it happened against the Giants, I believe, 2016. Luckily, 2017. I don't think the the first or second or third Game. or fourth is even going to be a win opportunity to save. Right. But at some point in April, if baseball is playing, he will blow the first save opportunity, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Really? Well, see, this is going to be a great deal uh, for the Diamondbacks. You sign Mark Melanson. Hopefully, he's like third or fourth in the NL in saves near the trade deadline. And then you trade them away for something good. So here's a big trade that actually just went down. This is actually an impactful trade. It, even though it doesn't feel like it, this literally just happened uh, as we're recording this. Now, we're about, are you getting got, or is this a, no, uh, this is passing. Source? No, this is a, okay. this is a real one. Uh, you sure. It's we're passing. About, Cause I got got by passing. Uh, no, I, I look, I look. For okay. Check marks uh, and stuff. Yeah. You want to, I'm just Did saying that passive aggressiveness. No, I look, I just saying. Um, we're 27 minutes as we record this before the end of the deadline, the Red Sox just traded Hunter Renfro. So the Brewers to the Brewers, the Brewers got Hunter Renfro from the Red Sox. The Red Sox are bringing back Jackie Bradley Jr. Oh, wow. And they're also getting to uh, a big, pro a relatively big prospect. They're getting David Hamilton, who was out here in the fall league and Alec, Alex Benellis, who was, uh, at Louisville or maybe I think he was, yeah, Louisville, uh, he was a good, really good one-time first-round prospect who really had a bad year and then kicked it back up in his first season with the Brewers. So they're getting some prospects back to get out of it. The initial thoughts were that the Red Sox, because they're taking on the money, they're going to get themselves a couple prospects back. So now the Brewers are getting a big power bat. 
I like and, that for them. Uh, Red Sox get, you know, whatever they're going to do with Jackie. Maybe he just comes back and plays. He's a fourth outfielder. They cut him. They may have just done this because, right. you know, like, hey, we're going to get some prospects and uh, unload here. But that's a deal that literally just happened. Hunter Renfro goes to Milwaukee to, it looks like, take over for um, Aviso Garcia. Yeah. I mean, right now they've got uh, in the outfield, it's Yelich, uh, Tyrone Taylor, and Lorenzo Kane. So, uh, I like that for them. Renfro's kind of sneaky. It's he a, is. It's not a great hitter place, but Hunter Renfro is a huge power bat. He's the second best uh, professional Hunter Renfro. So, did you know my first uh, my first picture with a baseball player was Hunter Renfro? Really? Yeah. Ever? Hunter Renfro, like in sixteen. Yeah, I don't think I ever like took any pictures with him. And uh, I was mine at, was Craig Biggio. Oh, really? Oh, a little bit better. Uh, but it was it was the back of Padres camp, and he was just there, and uh, we chatted for a little bit. And look at him now. Look at him now. He's just getting traded, and he's coming back to the Valley uh, as a Milwaukee Brewer. So that's it. Uh, hopefully, there's not going to be another trade, so we have to make some addendum. Or, you know, of course, we're going to end this recording, and then it'll be like, uh, oh, yeah. Carlos Correa has Blood. signed a deal. Yeah. Carlos Correa, Chris Bryant, and Trevor Story are all going to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, and they're all going we, to the Japanese know, League. So yeah, <laughs> go play in Fuka Fuka FOMO. Oh, that's the other thing. Here's the last one that I completely forgot about. This is actually uh, a little bit of a shock. Is Seiya Suzuki did not sign? He, uh, I, I mean, yeah, it, I, I guess because they they didn't have that sense of urgency that we talked about, right? Like it has to be done by the second or whatever. And uh, they just were like, yeah, it has to be done by the 22nd. I'm like, well, then it ain't going to get done. What are we? Yeah. Doing? I, I, I got to be honest with everybody. I don't know the rules of this. Um, they, they have the date. And apparently there was a rumor that Suzuki announced that the Mariners, Padres, Cubs, Rangers, and someone else were like his. De- I wonder if he can still choices. sign and just not be a part of the players association. That might be part of it because there are plenty of guys like, Remember uh, in the video game that just weren't Damian Miller was played as a scab. So he was never in any of the video games. Well, think about this. This is about posting the though. players association. No, remember, this is actually just about posting. So this isn't even the contract. This is about the posting deal. I don't know what's going to happen. He's one of the big guys on the market. And I totally brain farted because I meant to mention him. He was part of that, um, you know, that big deal to be taking a look at because Ranger fans really feel like they're going to get him. This is a big power speed combo bat. Maybe the, first uh, overall the overall guy in first year player drafts and we were like there's a guarantee he's going to sign because there's no way you're going to go into a lockout hasn't happened we yeah. he hasn't been the the posting hasn't been signed so i, I wonder if they would happens. repost after maybe i don't know who knows yeah who the hell knows what's going to happen and what team he's going to sign with or correa or any of these guys and uh hopefully nothing crazy happens right before we end this but <laughs> uh friends that is our final little look at least at the big signings and God knows the next time we're going to be talking about that. What we will be talking about is breaking down the players. It'll be a lot of player breakdown stuff. Uh, Next week's episode, we're going to take a look at uh, some of the analytical stuff and the biggest jumps and changes. Like when we look at things like Sierra adjustments and some of the batting ones, we're going to look at pitchers and hitters. We'll also be talking about ranks because my new ranks are coming out early next week right here on Patreon for Redraft. We'll also have the update on Dynasty and on Prospects. And there's tons of other stuff. You guys want access to Bogman and I? Patreon. You can hang out in the group me rooms with awesome guys who are setting up Dynasty Leagues, Redraft Leagues. You also have an opportunity. This is something completely undersold. We have been conducting our own ITL ADP. So it's like a consumer ADP that's a little bit different than NFBC. Uh, We've got it up from our first set of drafts. 
We're going to be setting up new ones in December. If you want to take part in those, make sure you're a part of our Patreon at InThisLeague.com. There's a million other things. You know the drill. We just love to have you uh, at Deckard Balls and just part of all the other stuff. And hey, listen, man, five bucks, 10 bucks, end of the year. Make it an end of the year thing as a tryout. Helps us. And uh, hopefully we'll make 2000 Treat yourself. That's big. your yeah. gift, Christmas gift to you. That's right. That's a great gift, right? Bogman yeah. Welsh. Our last secret show we had is... <laughs> That's a gift that keeps on giving, to be honest with you. It keeps on giving. <laughs> the Jelly of the Month Club, Clark. The gift that mm-hmm. keeps on giving. That's right. Uh, you guys can also be on the lookout in the offseason for any of the guest appearance stuff. Um, you know, I'm doing hits on Fantasy Pros and Rotowire. Also, check out Prospect One. I am breaking down. Uh, one of the unique things I have on prospect on the prospect side is a top 200 prospect only ADP. In the month of December, we're breaking down each league that helped construct it, and I've got awesome guys in the industry. We just had Eric Cross on uh, and Scott Green. I've got James Anderson and Jesse Roach on this week, and we're going to continue having guys for the rest of December. So in this league has got you covered. Just check your podcast app, follow Prospect One. Make sure you're following this podcast and follow us on Twitter, at Is It The Welsh, at Bogman Sports. Baseball will not be back next week, but we will. Take it easy. Don't dare let any signings happen when we stop this podcast. Bogman Welsh, we're out of here. Bye, guys. See ya.